Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, this is the Friends of Flavor podcast with me, Weezy Baby, aka Kenny. And this is episode six. And I have a guest here, old time friend. Well, we're still friends, but um, introduce yourself Jacqueline. Yeah, so me and Jacqueline were friends and co-workers for a long time in the same place that uh, Clayne and I worked at. Clayne was our boss, and mm -hmm. we were graphic artists, and uh, we'd sit next to each other uh, working on people's art and just, you know, pretty much kicking shit. And, um, when we were allowed to talk. Yeah, so. when we were allowed to talk. <laughs> yeah, half the time we were just like, hey, what podcast are you listening to? And I think that's... One of the things that we, we kind of shared together was listening yeah. to podcasts, which was like Adam Carolla, which I don't listen to him anymore. I really. haven't listened to him in a long time. It's just a waste of my time. Really? No, I'm just kidding. Hmm. Just doing his old Sonny Carolla. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Old sound bite. But yeah, I don't know. After Allison Rosen left, I was like kind of lost interest, I guess. It wasn't I think, as good. I think that's when I kind of start stopped listening to him too, mm -hmm. was the Allison Rosen thing. And then, uh, like, uh, follow him on Twitter and he's he's super like political that's like I like I try to stray away from people who are like heavy in politics like I followed um, Michael Rappaport mm -hmm. and he's he's big into politics and everything now too I'm just like I used, used to, to not be that way yeah like... exactly I used to I used to love him but now he's like that and I was like ugh because he was in a, I don't know if you ever saw his show on Netflix called Atypical I've heard of it. I've never really, I don't think I've ever watched it. Though. I think it, like, it was about this family and he, their son was like, uh, he had some, I think it was a, some kind of disease, or not disease, but like uh, something wrong with him. Mm -hmm. and, uh, he, was, he was super smart, but he was just very awkward and it. It was, it's a great show. Um, all right, so I'm going to do the rundown uh, of the basic three questions that I kind of asked everyone. Um, and then we'll go from there to the main topic and then kind of a fun topic or whatever all right um, so the first question i ask everyone which i always murder this question when i go back and listen mm -hmm. to it i'm like man i sound super stupid when i ask this question but so i'm trying to get better at it uh growing up what did you want to be it's easy i wanted to be an animator ever since i was a little kid that was like, me too ever since i can remember yeah i mean i loved to draw when i was a kid like you couldn't find an empty notebook in my parents, grandparents, great-grandparents' house because I will have would have doodled on every single page. And, you know, my parents always, like, encouraged, you know, my art and, you know, let me take classes, painting classes, encouraged me to go to art school and all that. And, um, like, when I got ready to go to art school, you know, everything was going to you know, more computer-based animation yeah. and less traditional animation, which is what I, you know, wanted to do. I wanted to do the hand-drawn stuff. Yeah. So when I went to art school, they were like, well, you know, you can go into computer animation. 
Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's very intense and everything. And it's a harder to program, a uh, harder program to get into because they, they only accept like 40 students a year into that program. And they're like, if you want to do hand-drawn stuff, you know, you should go into like illustration. What school is this? Uh, at Ringling College Ringling. of Art. It's in Sarasota, Florida. <clears throat> and, um, so I was like, okay, well, that's what I want to do. I want to do like hand-drawn stuff because I want to draw, I want to paint, I want to really get in there, you know? And I run, this is the most ironic part of the whole thing was I didn't want to go into computer animation because I didn't want to sit in front of a computer all day, <laughs> which is heartbreaking when you think did. about it because yeah. that's all I've done for the last, you know, 15 years is well, sit in front of a computer. Well, that was, to me, is like, if you wanted to be an animator, that was like one of the only things that you could kind of transition into a... Um, real job mm -hmm. is like graphic design and yeah even, even Ethan's coming to me and he's like yeah I want to do graphic design I was like uh I, I thought I was like that's cool um if you want to do it that's fine we can you can look into college courses and whatnot but um I'm gonna tell you now they probably don't make a lot of money and there's a bunch of people that feels very saturated mm -hmm. there's so many people very competitive it. yeah very competitive like especially with um sites like Fiverr now where you mm -hmm. can just contract random people to do whatever you want which to me Fiverr is kind of a great website for people who are trying to be contractors but they're not all they're not like all great either yeah it's like well everybody's a designer you know mm -hmm. my kid can get on the computer or my nephew can get on the computer and whip this up and in whatever program and you know that's why everybody thinks that they can just pay artists like a few bucks and here you go make me a whole logo or a whole website for super cheap because my nephew does this obviously anybody yeah. can do it and I'm like well you know there's a difference between knowing how to operate a program and having that sense of design and like know-how and knowing what looks good and yeah. having that it's a whole different ball game so yeah that's anybody a, can use a program but that's what um like some people don't understand like some people are like, oh, graphic design should be easy, right? You're just copying and pasting and changing fonts. And to, to an extent, some of that is, but you also have to have some kind of creativity mindset to where you know what looks good and what goes together. But mm -hmm. but it sucks when you're, you're in that graphic design field and your customer's like, you put all this work into being creative and doing what you think is amazing. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, no, I just want this basic text with... <laughs> A white background and these lines on there and it's like okay fine whatever like whatever but you have to appease to that because that's that's your customer they're paying the bills or whatever you know yeah it's uh it's tough because yeah it's like well i can make this and it's gonna look better if i do it this way but i'm not gonna argue with you either so i think you're you're actually the first guest that actually when i asked you that question not not necessarily like you're still doing that as a career but you're still um, very much involved in your passion. Like, mm -hmm. you're still doing a lot of art stuff. I know you're still into painting and stuff like that. I mean, I got one of your paintings at a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, like, I love that painting. Yeah, you're like, oh man, you didn't have to do that. But it's just, you know, some of those things you hold close. So, yeah. Um, I, I wish I had some time to do more. And, you know, I tried focusing on that for a few years. You know, we were doing, going to art festivals and art walk and all that kind of stuff. And, you're putting all this work into creating stuff for people to hopefully buy mm -hmm. and you go and set up these shows and you're paying sometimes you know 300 bucks for entry into like a festival for a two you know two three day you know weekend or whatever and you'd be lucky if sometimes you'd even break even with your 
your entry. Yeah. And um, so, I don't know, I kind of, I guess, got burnt out or lost my motivation to do it. And I hate that I lost motivation to do it because I really love it. But, yeah. you know, had to take a break from it for a little while. But, but that's, that's the thing with, like, uh, in, a, in a way, doing what you love. Mm -hmm. So, like I tell Ethan, I was like, um, just do what you love. That way, when you get older, if you you can find a career turn a profit into something you love then do that because then you won't ever like hate waking up in the morning at the same time it's like sometimes doing what you love don't pay the bills that's you know? true so it's, it's kind of like a balance between that or just like if you do that then it's just like you have to learn how to learn or you have to learn how to live kind of frugal mm -hmm. or like you know not spend as much so it's a it's a balanced thing really um all right so so like i said most times I, I go by like uh, how what someone wants to be when they grew up to how they are now and kind of put those things together. But I mean, I feel like you you kind of maybe stayed the same, which isn't a bad thing. So you you're you're still a very like creative person and you're very to me open minded. Um, I try to be anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and you're very fun going um, for the most part that I know of. Uh, so the next question I have is just like. What are your hobbies now? Like, what do you do for fun? Um, really, I play Pokemon a lot. Pokemon, Which, you know, sounds funny coming from a, you know, almost 40-year-old person, <laughs> but it's, you know, a fun game. It's a fun hobby. We, you know, before COVID, you know, we were traveling across <clears throat> the country going to events and stuff like that, and um, it's a lot of fun, and... There's a collection aspect to it, too, that I've kind of gotten into, which has, you know, kind of led to some other things, but... Um, well, that, that's actually a big deal right now. Um, one, Pokemon cards and, like, sports cards, really. Like, oh, yeah, it's basketball insane. Basketball and football, like, like, well, the whole, like, Target deal. Oh, God, I know. Tar they're not selling Pokemon cards anymore because they... Like someone got shot or something over Pokemon cards or some shit. Well, people, yeah, getting into altercations. Yeah. People like stalking the um, the vendors that would come in and restock it. People would like follow their cars to yeah. every location, and it was getting to be pretty scary. So, which, which kind of sucks for the people who actually play the game mm -hmm. because now it's like it makes it more difficult to get these cards that you want for these deck builds and stuff like that. Where these other groups of people are just you know buying as much as they can so they can try to make a profit off mm -hmm. of it, you know? Yeah, it's pretty sad, like, that it's this whole, the whole scalper situation and the taking advantage of the printing shortage with Pokemon, because, you know, with COVID, you know, they had to shut down operations, I guess, temporarily, and then only have so many people working the lines or whatever. So, you know, it's, it's like a domino effect. It's all mm -hmm. kind of stemmed from that and then the increased popularity, and then you had, was it Jake Paul or Logan Paul, one of those guys like yeah opened up like a first edition like base set box and pulled the charizard and like started this whole other like but did, he, for did he get that box set like in the states or did he have a special order i think he ordered it through from somebody in the states i think it's i can't remember if it was like the pokemon guru guy or something and that's me he's like it, he ordered his whereas everyone's like rushing to the target to try to you know like you're not gonna find base set boxes yeah, exactly. in Target. Like. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> this guy special ordered this box set, so of course he has that prob probability of pulling that one card. Whereas you're just buying random shit at Target, you're not gonna get that card. 
know, it's not yeah. in that set. Well, not every, not a, a Charizard doesn't always come in every set, but there's usually some kind of chase card or yeah, yeah. or whatever that people are looking for that goes for a few hundred bucks, and people take advantage of that and are trying to sell it for triple retail, which is nuts. And you said um, it might be funny coming from like someone on the sport you playing Pokemon, and to me, it's just kind of like. I'm kind of like fuck that. Like it's it's what you enjoy doing. Who's who's to say that you shouldn't do what you enjoy, regardless of how old you are? You know, like that's true. Yeah. Like I know some people are like, my even like one of my bosses was like, oh, you you into the Pokemon? I was like, yeah, I know, right? I was like, I don't care. I play Pokemon. I'm not ashamed to say it. Like I guess like back in the day, I guess to be cool or whatever, you would kind of be ashamed. Like oh man, I'm into that, but. Now I'm just like, whatever, like, I, I played Pokemon trading card game, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also more acceptable now to be into, like, kind of nerdy stuff yeah, well, or whatever. It like used all... to when we were kids. Yeah. It was not cool to yeah, be, you like... Were, you were the outcast, but yeah. now it's like, there's a whole rise on, like, geekdom and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and everyone's into anime and shit like that, and to me, it's like, that and, like, what, what blew my mind, too, is, um, like, K-pop music and oh, stuff like that. I'm just like... Man, back in the day, it's like it was just Asian folks listening to K-pop music and stuff. Like, I don't even understand Korean music, but I listen to it because it's catchy and it's like it's got a good beat or whatever. It's very poppy and yeah. I, mean, I, I listen to pop music, um, shamefully. Um, but like the rise of that in anime and like the whole geekdom is just like it's surprising to me because it's, it's just not like a culture thing where it's just not like Asians watching anime and listening to K-pop. It's like you know, Caucasian people, African American people, Hispanic people, just like everybody is mm-hmm. into it. And to see like uh, YouTube videos of these like K pop concerts and like BTS coming to whatever state they're doing, and you see all different races in, in the uh, audience, you're like, wow, I didn't know K pop was that big. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool though, that yeah. they can stretch and be, you know, appeal to so many different types of people. I mean, you know, that's that's really cool that they can do that. So. All right, next question. Um, we mentioned earlier we, we used to listen to a lot of podcasts together. So um, are you still listening to podcasts? And if so, like which ones are you mm. listening to right now? It's been a while <laughs> since I've really followed a podcast. Like we used to be into what my dad wrote a porno. That was hilarious. I've heard about that one. Like oh. I, I think I only, I think I'm a few seasons or whatever behind or books behind since they you know do a different book each time. But that one was really funny. I used to be into like Serial, the Serial podcast. Oh, okay. um, the first season was really good. And I think each one kind of after that has been kind of meh, but I don't think they have a current one out. Um, Serial I, was a um, like a murder podcast. Yeah, probably, right? okay. and it was um, it was pretty interesting. And yeah. the, the story of you know the guy that's in jail and and all that, and he's I think still trying to like you know file a pe- you know, for an appeal or whatever. So, um, it was super interesting, but the only one I currently listen to is the office ladies podcast, office which ladies. is, um, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey from the office. Okay. They were two care, you know, two actors that were on that show. And I love that show so much. I've watched that show. Like, I can't even tell you how many times I've watched the <laughs> entire so, series. There's so many people like, man, the office is so good. I just, I've never gotten into it. I yeah. See it. I guess the humor is like some people dig and some people not like, Oh, uh, I have two main bosses um, I, I work for, and uh, one of them's a younger one. Of course, he loves Office, and the mm-hmm. older one's like, Office is stupid. 
<laughs> it's just like like them's fighting words, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> it's he's not like, for everybody. Yeah, so. he's like they just make a joke and just stare into the camera. That's <laughs> the, that's what's funny. It's just like because you're, I don't know. I, I love it, but yeah. I know no, it's I not everybody's it. thing. But they they just recap, you know, each episode in order and just kind of tell, you know, stuff from behind, behind the, the scenes. scenes that's and kind of cool. funny things about yeah. it. So um, it's neat to see that um, this day and age that. They have like podcasts where you can hear more stories behind the scenes and stuff like that. Like back in the day, it'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, you'd have to buy the DVD box set to see these behind the scene things. It's like now it's like DVD. I don't even yeah. have anything that plays exactly. DVD. Like I have all house. these DVDs in my closet. I'm like, what am I going to do with it? I don't even think I have a DVD player anymore. It's like my PlayStation. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, I got we got rid of all of our things. Like we got rid of our PlayStation, our Xbox. And the, the old Wii. Like, we don't Just even have Switch. a console anymore yeah. except for the Switch. So, yeah, there's no way I could even watch a DVD. But. I don't, podcast-wise, I don't, like, I've, I've just recently started listening to some newer ones. Uh, just, they're back on to, like, motivational uh, podcasts. But I, I started listening to, which I love, Rich Eisen. Like, I used to listen to Oh, Rich yeah, I remember Eisen you, yeah, I used to listen he's to He's awesome. That. Like, um, but he's a good interviewer, but he's also a sports guy. That's why I like him. I mean, he always... Like, you know, his show is mainly uh, sports and football and bas- baseball and sometimes basketball and stuff. But uh, he just, I think he's a good interviewer, but he's, he started a separate podcast that's not really sports per se. It's called, uh, I think it's called like How It Began or something like that. And he just interviews guests or, or friends that um, he knows that are kind of, I guess, famous or whatever. And he... Uh, gets their little background story of how they started their career. It's pretty interesting to, to know. Like, um, I've listened to a few. I think the last one I listened to was Bob Saget. And Bob hmm. Saget's kind of... <laughs> he's kind of out there. Like, yeah, he's like an when you see interesting him, character. Yeah, so. when you see him in uh, like Full House. Oh my God. Yeah, Don't it, ever listen to anything yeah. else because you're, the image is shattered. Right. Like, there's no way. And you're like, oh, you see the squeaky clean dad in Full mm-hmm. House, but then like outside of Full House, he's just... He's very like. He is dirty. Exactly. He's dirty <laughs> and he's just like. Kind of sleazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, he's, it's kind of weird. And you're like, oh, I don't know about this guy. But it's it's kind of funny, but it's kind of not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's not my cup of tea, but you know. Um, all right. So those are three basic questions. Um, we'll move into the serious topic. Um, <laughs> so, oh boy. so coming from where we work, um, to me, we we dealt with a lot of, um, to me, I guess that, that place was very toxic. And so yeah. it was a very toxic environment and uh, we dealt with a lot of uh, toxicity, I guess is the word. It's um, so, a good word for it. <laughs> so so um, my first question in that topic is like, how, when, you, when you were there, or even now, like, how, how do you deal with a toxic environment? Ugh, oh my God. Um, well, when you're, when you're in it and you just, you notice everybody else is kind of affected by that environment, you know, it's easy to fall into that trap of like, you know, where everybody's just sitting around complaining and everybody kind of hates, you know, hates where you're at and hate, you know, just because it all comes down to like, poor management basically mm-hmm. you know and there was a good bit of that but um you know it's tough to pull yourself out of it once you're kind of in it you know 
because because everybody kind of feeds off of it together. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you got to be able to commiserate, I guess, with your fellow employees, especially the people that you get along really well with, because you all feel the same way. Yeah. So I mean, in a way, it's therapeutic, I guess, to talk about it and everything. But at the same time, you can fall into this trap where you're just like, the more you talk about it, the worse it gets, yeah. and the worse you feel. I, and I wake up like fuck I gotta go to this place yeah <laughs> like <laughs> I agree with that 100% and like I know when we were there so like we gravitate towards one another because you know minus you know more or less talking shit about the place we worked or certain people like that it's like you know I mean you got along really well because of our interest and just making bad jokes <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um yeah so I think with that is like you're you're with the circle of people that one you feel like will help you make the situation better yeah. by everyone kind of understanding the situation, and then two you're just more or less feel um, I want to say accepted, but not accepted into this group, um, and so you feel like you have to. I guess be toxic with them, you know. So yeah. it's, it's just it's, it helps you get through the day of that job or where you're at. But, but then you bring that shit home. Yeah, and then you bring that shit home. <laughs> and that's like what I'm learning a lot now. Um, <laughs> that's one thing that um, that place has taught me is how to deal with um, toxicity and not to bring it home and stuff like that. Like once I leave my job now, I don't I don't talk about work once I get out. Um, or I try not to, but, um, when I got into, like, that toxic environment, I, so, sometimes I just had to take myself out of it. Yeah. Like, I, I knew it was a little st stress relieving at first, but sometimes I just, like, I just, I had to take a step back. Um, yeah, I get that, 100%. It's like, okay, I need to just get out of this group chat. Yeah. <laughs> and... Put, you know, that's one reason why I think I got into listening to podcasts was because it took me out of the reality that I was in into yeah. somebody else's reality, I guess, or just out of that state of mind. Yeah. Um, so, so my other question on that before you jump too deep into it is like, did, yeah. you, did you ever catch yourself being that toxic person? Or? Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, I, I feel like once you're in it, I mean, it's hard not to kind of become that yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, I, I was starting to develop unhealthy habits. I would come home and drink, yeah. like, almost every night. And I never had, had like, a problem or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I also have, like, alcoholism runs in my family. So I was like, all right, I need to, like, yeah, reel this in before it becomes a thing. Because I don't yeah. want to ever become, I don't want to feel like I'm reliant on any kind of substance or anything, but mm. I was like, man, I'm looking, oh, man, I can't wait to get home and just like have a beer and just like try to zone out or whatever. Yeah. But and when it becomes like a habit, it's like, okay. That seemed like everyone's uh, kind of go-to there. It was like, man, I really need a drink. And it's fine and dandy and mm -hmm. stuff, but when you're, you're making, like you said, when you're making that your, your go-to to add your stress reliever, then... It, it could become a problem to where you're drinking too much out of open seltzer. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, whatever it was, whether it was, you know, bottle of wine, beer, whatever, you know, it was becoming a, a vice, I guess. Yeah. And I just, 
it was an unhealthy way of coping with stress, I guess. And, you know, and Gene was also working at a place where he was working kind of later hours sometimes. So I would just kind of like be by myself and just sit there and stew in my negativity. Like a lot of times like people, in a way I kind of feel like you can relate because you probably, from saying that you could probably, you probably do the same thing as me. Like sometimes when you are by yourself or not with someone you enjoy being around like your spouse or somebody mm-hmm. like you do stew in your own thoughts and which is sometimes good but most of the time it's bad because when you like, can't pull yourself out of that place yes. it's yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> um so the next question to that was like uh what what did you do once you realize like hey i i'm being toxic or i am part of this um toxic environment like what did you do to get yourself out of that or what made you go like actually realize that hey I need to change that or I need to change my view or attitude towards certain things or even if certain things are worth you changing your attitude towards it I mean honestly like I feel like until until the end there's a certain aspect of toxicity to my personality just being in that environment and Mm. even though it wasn't it's nearly as bad as what it was you know in the thick of things when things were kind of like real crappy um you know I had to step back from being a part of like all the group chat constantly bickering or not bickering but bitching about everything and you know I think as soon as I stopped being a part of that and just trying to just do my own thing at work, try not to talk about that, you know, all that kind of stuff as much as possible and just, um, you know, find other things to distract myself with. I think that kind of helped a lot. Um, but I don't think that I ever fully got out of the complaining about things yeah. for as long as I was there. Cause it just seemed like it was always one one issue after another like okay we're going to work on this issue but we're going to also create like five other issues to mm-hmm. have to deal so with because like of that so. one step forward like five steps exactly back, so yeah. and I, I might be alone in my thinking on on that on how that was but oh no i agree you know, um even like for the time that i was there i don't know how bad it got after i left or got fired but uh, <laughs> um yeah I felt that way too. There, it was always like, "Hey, we're going to try to fix this problem," but there's also ten more issues that we got to deal with. And um, and this week we're going to change how we do this, but then yeah. next week we're going to go back and then. Well, you got to pick up know. another department's job or something like that, you know? Yeah. And um, I mean, a lot of times when I when I catch myself like even now, like dealing with the business and stuff, and these are like deep talks and conversations I have with Rod too. Or even just myself when I like stewing it, like you said, mm-hmm. um, I, I catch myself just always being negative towards um, sometimes a certain person or um, just how things are ran. Uh, like you said, management is a big thing, and uh, if I I feel like things aren't being managed or ran properly at our old job or you know like the business I'm involved in now then mm-hmm. I, I, I do catch myself like maybe I'm just having too much of a negative look into this and I should just like do what I'm told and so like you told me earlier like you know even though it's not something I, I want to do at the business it's 
then it's on them. So yeah. it's their idea. It's on them. And if it if it works, great. But if it falls, then you know, hey, well, kind of like I told you. So. <laughs> Didn't mean to rub it in, but you no. know, I did kind of tell you. It's, like, well, it's not even like that. It's just like my my boss now says the same thing. And uh, I mean, like, I can't wait to talk and pick his brain too. But he's always like, he has these great ideas and how to do things. And but when upper management gets put into play, and uh, I was like, dude, how, how do you deal with that? Like, he's like, I just let them do what they want to do, and when it fails, then they'll see that they're wrong. And like, sometimes I'm cool with that, but sometimes I'm like, like especially if it's your business, you want it to succeed. So you don't want to set yourself up for failure. And so right. when you see someone kind of like setting yourself up for failure or doing something that you don't think is a great idea, you're like, ah, you feel, you're very opinionated about it. Um, yep. But I, like Ross teaching me the same thing. Like so you just have to step back, let them do whatever they want to do. You do your part and that's it. And um, I've been kind of having a bad time doing that. So um it's easier said than done, for sure. I mean, yeah. and some people will never acknowledge that they were wrong, even when it's oh, crystal clear. They're trust just, me, I know. Oh, we're just not going to talk about it or ever mm-hmm. bring it up again. You're just supposed to, like, oh, okay, we're going to be like that. All right, but... That's, like, my one of my biggest issues, like, people who know they do you wrong, but they don't want to apologize for it, or they have no empathy, or, like, it doesn't bother them at night, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Whereas what they did to you bothers you at night and that that's like my biggest like battle right now um damn all it's right. tough yeah I mean, it really is um uh, all right enough of serious stuff uh, <laughs> tell me about uh the bottom tables how did that get started um if y'all don't know like jacqueline earlier said that she's into pokemon um mainly the uh trading card game so her and her husband have a, uh, I mean, just like a company uh, that yep. they started uh, called The Bottom Tables. And what do you guys just like sell and distribute Pokemon cards? Or yeah, The Bottom Tables that? is um, really it just kind of started out as before it became you know what it is today a company you know a, a business. It was you know what we called our ourselves when we were doing started out kind of doing some streaming of like lead cups and stuff like that mm. we we're like the bottom tables well, that's funny because you know yeah you know bottom tables typically in a tournament setting are like where the people that didn't do so great in the yeah. tournament go aka the losers the losers. i was down there but <laughs> but that's also where you have all the fun too, it is because everybody's is. screwing around it's not serious you're not really in the competition anymore yeah. necessarily you're just having fun yeah but then, um, you know, when it came time to, like, come up with a name for, you know, trying to sell Pokemon cards, you know, we're like, let's just stick with the bottom tables, you know? No, I, I, when y'all came up with that name, I loved it. I was like, hey, that's us. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're like, we were the bottom table. Now, Gene does a lot better in tournaments no, than I do. But... Gene cheats. <laughs> Gene cheats. Gene cheats and he's super competitive. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to find the best deck on the internet and I'm going to build it and I'm going to make it better and... You're not going to have a chance unless I let you. Yeah. But Gene can also go from being like that to being like, you want to ID? Like every match, like trying to ID with the other person. So I don't know. He's got kind of like two settings that he yeah. runs on. He's like, which I didn't watch it, but I, uh, I watched the SNL one, the SNL skit of uh, Michael Jordan in The Last Dance. And uh, Justin, who used to work with us too, he's still a good friend of mine. And he's like, 
Well, if you, if you watch the documentary, Michael Jordan's just like that. Like he made he made everything a competition, and then hmm. when he quote unquote lost a competition, he would he would get back in it and try to embarrass you. Like if you go back and watch the SNL skit, I'll have to up, pull that up. It's hilarious. Um, but Gene's like that to me. He's like Michael Jordan. So he's like with Pokemon. So he's like uh, he'll be like, I'll put this, shove this in yeah, your face. If, if he loses, <laughs> yeah. If he loses one round, he's like, oh yeah. Well, I'm going to come back. If I don't have a deck now, I'm going to come back with a better deck and just embarrass you until you don't even want to play. <laughs> and that was me. I was like, I don't want to play against this guy. <laughs> like, I hate this game. It was fun. My deck's not even serious. Yeah. So we just took that name and, and went with it. But yeah, we're we're selling Pokemon sealed product. Like, we get product from a distributor and we sell it just like you would, you know, like Target or Walmart, you know. We just have an online store. But we sell sealed stuff. We sell individual cards we're moving into where we're selling like apparel and mm. different collectibles and plushes and the, you know, like little collector collectible pins and the coins. So we're trying to like be primarily Pokemon focused, but expanding from just the cards to other items as well. So and where can they find you? We're at uh, www.thebottomtables.com. <laughs> okay. So we are actually also in the process of. Um, transitioning our platform i guess from godaddy to shopify mm. so we're having to completely redo everything but it should be a hopefully seamless transition whenever we're done i mean it's going to have a different look why do transition but, uh godaddy has some issues with um being able to connect to other marketplaces to sell oh. like google um really was google's the big factor and also the one we're using now we're using a company in conjunction with Shopify, they have an entire database of like every card yeah. that's ever been printed. So instead of me manually going in and entering in every one, it has all this I, database. All I got to do is go in and enter quantities of whichever condition that that card is in. That's fucking smart. So, could you imagine though, whoever was in charge at Shopify to do that? Like, well, this is actually. Shop, that's not Shopify's database. It's another company. They're based out of like New Zealand. Still, whatever. someone is doing that. But yeah, that's quite a feat. Yeah. But it should, just, you know, ultimately save me a lot of time from exactly. entering in all this stuff myself. <laughs> um, the only thing is, they're kind of slow getting like the new sets on there. Like, there's another set releasing, like pre-releases this week. Okay. So they don't have the cards up yet for that set, and I'm like. We're gonna be allowed to sell these cards, but you're telling me I can't go in and already have these listed. I got to yeah. do this myself until you get them up. So we're kind of fighting some of that stuff right now, but but yeah, it should be a lot better. People will have more options for payment, and um, instead of just going through going through PayPal, which you can you know still pay with credit card through PayPal, you can pay with like Shopify, Pay, uh, Google, Apple, whatever. So it opens up a lot of different. Um, you know avenues for us too so which when, when you guys were um doing a g and g even before you guys started the bottom tables mm -hmm. um what i what i liked about y'all because you guys were you guys were pretty involved into the pokemon community as far as um going to tournaments and stuff like that but also just getting new people involved in pokemon and or people who were interested in pokemon to try it out and come out and play like you did you did a lot better to me, I felt like you guys did a lot better job at uh, introducing people to it than, you know, G&G &G did, you know? And um, after a certain person left G&G, &G, I felt like it, it just fell apart and no one really cared about it. 
So I, I feel like that's why the community in our area kind of fell apart. Um, and that, I think that's what I enjoyed seeing you guys do was uh, getting some more kids involved and like, yeah, like if it's not your kid, they're kind of like, it could be annoying. <laughs> you guys did really well at dealing with everybody, you know, and um, getting them introduced to Pokemon and just letting everybody have a good time and enjoying it, you know. That's what we tried to do. I mean, and when you don't have your own shop or space or whatever, um, you know, there's only so much you can do. Like, and we, you know, we would try to, you know, work with them and, you know, we even kind of organized a couple events at G&G for them, like, Hey, if we do this event, you know, you know, if you guys want to buy pizza or whatever, you know, because people are bringing people into your store, you know, and they're buying stuff from you, you know, we're not trying to get any kind of credit or anything, yeah. but you know, if you want to, you know, host this event or whatever, but I mean, when people aren't really trying to help themselves with the community, and, and they want to get upset when people aren't participating in their stuff anymore, yeah. it's like, okay, well. What are you doing to push away the people? You're not catering to them. You're not buying product that they can buy. So, you know, our ultimate goal is to hopefully open up a physical location. We'd like to do it by the end of the year, but yeah. rent's super high everywhere, yeah. for, especially if you want to be in a halfway decent area that's yeah. going to have traffic. Hey, I mean, so. I, I'll tell you guys, anytime you guys want to do an event, and once we kind of get back to the, the normal, mm -hmm. not like COVID crazy, um, I could talk everyone else then we can do events on like some some days that we have to try to like boost sales for us and then help you guys out too you know? yeah that'd be cool i love doing like stuff for you know the community and local local companies that are trying to grow too like our neighbors are trying to grow and we try to help promote each other as well and that's awesome that you you know <clears> you got a, a network that you can all work together and bounce ideas off of each other or help promote each other you know and that's how um like when I first started, that's how I got back in touch with Clay. Like mm -hmm. I found out that he started his own printing stuff, and I knew that um, his ex did the same thing. But I'm like, well, I'm, I didn't know you weren't together anymore. So I was like, well, I'm I'm junk with you, and um, and he helped me out a lot with us as far as my t-shirts and stuff goes, and he does a lot of our menus and stuff like that. Yeah, they all look really good. Yeah, I mean, um, all the stuff they've done, those pic, you know, the pictures that that you have in the restaurant, yeah. you know, those are those are awesome. So. So my other question is, how did you get into Pokemon? Uh, what made you Pokemon? <laughs> Pokemon's fucking awesome. Um, well, I guess really you're kind of to blame. <laughs> for, for real? You know, kind of, sort of. Because, you know, we were playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. For a while. And uh, it was Yu-Gi-Oh! There was something else. And then you know. Force of Will. Okay, that was it. Force and, of Will. I can't play Force of Will. Mm. Um, but the, the, the way that you play those games is very... If you make a play, your opponent can respond on your turn to whatever you're trying to do, like block yeah. you or do whatever. I was, like, I was like, fuck this game, you yeah. know? I'd like get tilted real quick. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, okay, well, this, this isn't really that much fun. But then you would come up sometimes for Pokemon Night at Ipuheb's, and um, there wasn't a whole lot of people that would come up there for that. Yeah. And I was like, well, I kind of feel bad. You're bringing your kids up here. There's nobody to play with. So I bought a starter deck. Yeah. And just to kind of learn the game and have fun. And then once I started learning how to play, I was like, this game's kind of fun. So then there's more of a competitive aspect to it, but your opponent can't really do anything it while was, you're playing. It was fun, but it was it wasn't it was also not like super complex. Like yeah, it was easy for yeah. sure. It was I mean it's definitely not as in depth or complicated as like magic. 
Yeah. Um, which I never got into trying to play Magic because it seemed like way above, like way above me. But, you know, so we just started kind of playing around and really it was just going to be something that I played. But then Gene, you know, started showing some interest and then it was like, okay, well... I'm tired of getting beat with these little shitty decks I'm putting together <laughs> with these little spare cards that I have, you know? Yeah. So I was like, okay. So we started buying, you know, cards to actually make a competitive deck. And then we found out there was going to be like a regional tournament in Orlando. And we're like, and everybody at G&G that was into Pokemon was like, oh yeah, they're really cool events, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a whole day event and you... You know, you go and you compete against like several hundred other people from, you know, around the country. And we're like, okay, well, we'll give this a shot. It's in Orlando. We can check out a Disney park or Universal yeah. Park or whatever. And we'll just see what it's all about. And, you know, I I didn't do well. I scrubbed out like after round three, you yeah. know. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go watch the Alabama game up in the hotel room. <laughs> so, um, and then like afterwards, there's like all these different side events that you can play that are for fun, that you can win, win prizes and stuff like that. But... You know, Gene did okay. I mean, you're talking like start at 8 in the morning, and this thing ended at like 11 p.m. I mean, Damn. it went super late. That's one thing I kind of wish I would have done at least one was like go to a tournament like that. Um, I'm thinking I didn't never have anything super competitive. Once they reopen stuff, you know, I'm yeah, sure they'll maybe. be doing I might it again. So. Um, but like, so I, like, I, like you said, I tried to get my kids into it. They were super young. Of course, they probably didn't really understand it for the most part but um yeah because they're i remember when i put ethan in some of those tournaments and he did he had a decent some decent decks and he did he might have won one or two rounds but mm -hmm. then he'd get to the last round and just be this this kid with like you know super competitive op deck and he's like yeah i didn't even do stand a chance i was like yeah that, that's just i don't think that kid really uh built his own deck no, so, I'm sure he didn't. <laughs> someone else did. He just taught him how to, to, to run it or whatever. But um, like Ethan, he he's he's really competitive. And but once he starts losing, I think he just loses motivation of it. But like the games he plays now, he's really good. Like he, he has great hand eye coordination and stuff like that. I know. We found something he enjoys more than you know more than Pokemon, yeah. which this is good. I mean, as long as you got something that you enjoy and that you're kind of passionate about you can enjoy it with other people then yeah. you know that's cool um so what made you after leaving um that work environment <laughs> that we both shared uh what made you just be like you know what fuck it, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to be my own boss for a minute well um actually we started everything while i was still employed with um our former employer mm -hmm. um and we were just kind of do like hoping to do it just as a side gig. Like, okay, this would be just some additional income. Whatever. Yeah. We're not going to go like hardcore into it. Whatever. <clears throat> and so we started that last summer, and um, you know, just started building up and growing. And when I found out that you know the place was shutting down, it became like, okay, well, after they're shut down, like I can do one of two things. I can go find another job and just continue working for somebody else and doing this on the side or I can go like full bore into it and try to make it make it something that I can gain enough income off of to to do this as a full-time thing and I'm not really there yet like we're still you know trying to get our name out there and get people to buy stuff from us and we also have an issue of not being able to really get enough product because our distributors are facing the same thing 
that you're seeing on a retail level, like they're only getting so much product from Pokemon to be able to distribute to yeah. to stores. Yeah. So when they do get any product in, it's gone. Yeah. We're lucky if our distributor can like grab us one or two things of a set and send it to us. And you know, some of the stuff's also based off of how much money you've bought worth of Pokemon in the last six months based on, and they base that off of how much you're able to get. So I'm like, well, if you don't have product for me to buy, how am I supposed to like build that number up to be able to get more product with you? So yeah. it's been kind of difficult in that regard. So, you know, I'm glad we don't already have a store because I wouldn't have any product to, to really sell because exactly. I can't get anything. But you well, know. It, it, it forced your hand to decide that, but I'm glad you kind of are pursuing that because like you either you either do really well or you know gotta read that you, you don't but at least it's a lesson learned that's kind of like how i'm dealing with the business is like it's a lesson learned like, yeah i tried and if maybe if maybe it doesn't work out but maybe it does yeah. and then maybe i don't have to be miserable going to another job you yeah. know and wasting you know months or years of my life working for somebody that he doesn't give a shit about me yeah it probably isn't going to really, you know, I don't know, several of the places that I've worked for in my past have been poorly managed. They don't really care about their employees. They just work you to damn death, and there's no room for advancement. There's no room to really gain any money because they're not going to really give you a raise or give you, here's 30 cents. Well, even, you know, even, have a good day. <laughs> even now, I've, I've noticed um, that... Sometimes it's just, it's not even about what you know, it's about who you know. Seriously. A lot of times, because there's so many well-qualified, sometimes over-qualified guys that I know that I work around that don't get what they deserve. It just goes to um, a buddy of the higher-up, mm-hmm. and they get their promotion or they move up for some reason, you know? So, I hate that, too. It's yeah. like, and what's over-qualified it anyway? It's like, if I'm applying for this job and I want to you know and, and i think maybe i could do something else but i'm applying for this job obviously i think i'm you know okay with it so why should you be concerning yourself if i'm overqualified for a position like what is that though i don't know it's just kind of silly to me but I, i'm glad that you are like trying to make it on your own like seeing seeing you and like claim like that's kind of like why i want to pull you that's why i wanted to get you on the podcast too is because like to me you guys are um very inspirational in the fact that you are shooting for this goal or your dream of you know being your own boss and you know that's something that i told rock myself like hey in two years that's what i want to shoot for too mm-hmm. you know? like i want to be my own boss whether it be you know being able to work full-time at the restaurant or doing my own thing you know like I just don't want to be in that steady stream of working for someone else in a nine to five, you know, like it's tiring. It's very draining. It's very stressful. Um, I mean, it pays the bills and I I get paid pretty decent, but it's not, Not it's not fulfilling. And you don't want to do that for the rest of your life, especially with everything going on and that um, you just want to live, I guess the best life that you, you can. And that's what this is all about. You know, like connecting with you guys and, with like minds and I guess kind of the same goals of just like living a fulfilling life in a way you know yeah I mean and you say you say that but I mean to me you're like you're 
your inspiration for me because really? you're already Thanks. doing it. I mean, even though you're with other people doing it, you're still doing it. You're on your way. I mean, you're yeah, you're almost you're, you're getting there. You know, there's you're, a lot of behind the scenes there. But yeah. I'm a lot further behind where you are as far as getting getting a space, you know, a physical space and and all that, which is really scary. I mean, it's moving a little faster than I expected, you know, there, it, there, it to move, but... There, I mean, I feel like you you should be good where you're at. Like, if you, if you would have got a space while COVID was going mm-hmm. on, you wouldn't have made it. Yeah, that's um, that's what scares me. I'm like, what if things got really bad again and yeah. we ended up shutting down? Like Because we, we barely made it. And the only reason we did was grants and with restaurants um believe it or not a lot of people just picked up on to go like mm. people just got tired of being locked up so to go was the thing like, mm-hmm. i mean we didn't really uh do too much like we did waiter and that was it but we also did um menu five which is just you order online and you just pick up at the store but yeah still you picking up um so it's just like a call in order but um, a lot of to-go helped us. Um, we're trying to apply for another grant. And so it's like, if you weren't in the food industry, I, I don't see how anyone would have made it through COVID um, renting out a building because it's not cheap, you know? Mm-mm. And if you're a non-essential business, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you're still having to pay... Pay rent. Pay for... rent and, you know, any kind of bill, you know, power bill or water bill or whatever. I mean, I assume there's still operational costs in, in, yeah. in, involved. So... Yeah, I don't know. So that's the scary thing. It's like, what if? And but we've—I've been living my whole life of, you know, thinking about the what if factor of everything. And what if it doesn't go right? What do I, you know? Then I've failed, and then I've spent all this money and time. And you know, this year we're kind of, you know, Gene and I were talking. We're like, we can't keep just living in kind of fear of what could go wrong. Exactly. And we have to just kind of hope that it goes right, right. and try. So. But every, kind of... every, like everything's a lesson learned. So like even with like doing the podcast, I, I was like, man, I kept telling Mandy, I was like, man, I want to start a podcast and just, you know, talk shit with people I know and grow with them and stuff like that. She's like, do it, do it. And it was always like, what if? And um, more or less being lazy. So I was like, fuck it. That that first episode where they did it was just me, just mm-hmm. recording, that kind of kickstarted everything. It was just like, okay, I can do this. So I just figured it out and it, it went from there. And dude, I... I love every single episode so far. So um, they've been good. I've been enjoying them. Yeah, so appreciate um, that. And and you can see the statistics and people actually are listening. And whether or not it's just people I know or not, but there's, I would say there's a, like I get a steady thirteen to twenty people who listen to each episode. That's um, pretty cool though. Yeah, that I is mean, for cool. a for a young podcast. I yeah. mean that's awesome. I, so. I didn't know anyone would listen to this shit. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> like do you want to like, like every time I get a guest I'm like do you want to be known as your real name or not? Because, you know, I don't know who listens to this. Yeah. Not. I mean I'm not running an OnlyFans. I'm running a Pokemon <laughs> like Pokemon company. So I'm not worried. Hey, that's, that's the way to go. They're making money on OnlyFans. Yeah. Hey, I mean more props to them. I mean, I'm I'm not comfortable enough with myself to do anything like that. So But um that pretty much wraps everything up today. Uh, check out Jacqueline and Gene selling Pokemon on uh, www.thebottomtables.com. Yep, com. Um they also stream on Twitch. Yep, we just became affiliated last week. Hey, so, really? yeah, yeah. So now I can actually start earning some money doing this yeah. stuff. So yeah, Monday through Friday, typically three to five p.m. is uh, 
okay. is my streaming. Powers. There was one week where I didn't see you come on, so I didn't know if you actually. Uh, it was probably my week that I was having media com issues. Okay. Like I didn't know because I remember you had the idea of going like, like streaming in the evening and uh, see how that did. But then I'm competing with everybody else exactly. I know that's streaming at night, so yeah. I'm like, eh, I don't know. It's, it might change eventually, but right now that's uh, that's when we're doing it. So. But yeah, it's, uh, the bottom table's on Twitch as well. So. Yeah, so check them out. They're also on probably IG and Facebook. So. Yep, for sure. And we just started a YouTube channel. Nothing's on it yet. But, um, <laughs> hey, you started. So I'll be putting uh, stuff on it's there too. Steps. So. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks probably for having me. Yeah. I enjoyed it. No, it was great. Appreciate it. Everybody check them out. Peace.